With your host, Ed Bondarenka. Our goal is to provide a platform for a discussion of pro life, pro Christian, and pro American constitutional principles in the light of current and historical events. America, bless God. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Your American Heritage, where once again we talk about the two things you're not supposed to talk about polite society, religion, and politics. My name is Ed Bondarenka and I'm. Not your normal fluffy insurrectionist. Thank you, Sean. Coming quicker a little bit time next time, okay? So I'm going to be your host. Welcome. I have no idea how many of you there are out there listening, but I'm sure you'll find a place to sit or stand. Uh, excuse me, you in the back, settle down, please. We're trying to do a show here. So the show is produced by Derek Stone, the hardest working man in radio. He's also the host of Stone Cold Sports. Sundays, noon 30, right after my friend, Sean Todd, the Rock and Rev, on the intersection at noon. It's not your normal fluffy Christian show. Yeah, Sean, you got to step up the pace there. So let's open in prayer. Father, you have a plan for this planet and this nation. Now, this nation was built on your word. It was not built on racism or hate. It was built on you and your principles. Please help us to make it reflect well on you and to be the beacon of hope for the world as it has been for years. Please protect us from those who stole the government in the last election, and please lead us and guide us as we seek to restore righteousness here. Please lead us and guide us in our discussion today, and please protect us from technical difficulties. Thank you. Now, I just wanna say that the number to call is 734-822-1600, and I did that just to prove I can remember the number and say it clearly. This is Free Fall Radio. We're working without a net, live and current, broadcasting from my Freedom Bunker in Ypsilanti Township. Okay, it's my home studio. Well, it's my home office. Uh, it's a desk in my spare bedroom, which is really a dresser that I've converted into a desk. I'm saying all that to say this. The air show starts up again at 1.30, and it's loud, really loud. So there may be moments where you hear them over the radio. There may be moments where I stop talking and go out to watch the Thunderbirds go overhead, but I'll try not to do that. I'll do that during Rick's show, okay? It's day 199 of the coup. You and I are under attack by our own government. Our job is to resist, support each other, and to push back their agenda. We're supposed to encourage each other. That's one of the purposes of the show. It's to encourage and strengthen and provide a platform for those who would help us reclaim our nation. There are people who are warriors, supporters of warriors, and resistors to tyranny. When you stand up to tyranny, you are a warrior. One of these is Pastor Art Pulowski. Now, we've had Pastor Art on the show a couple of times in the past. I want to make an announcement. Pastor Art Pulowski will be speaking live at Ignite Church in Milan, Michigan on August 18th. Okay? Details to follow, but I want to repeat that. Pastor Arthur Pulowski will be speaking live at Ignite Church in Milan, Michigan on August 18th. If you've tuned in late, Pastor Arthur is the guy who famously chased the police out of his church in Calgary, Alberta. 
and uh, in Canada. And he's been a victim of, of uh, religious oppression there over the years. And this most recently when he was thrown in jail, dragged from his church, thrown in jail, actually dragged from his car on his way from church and then uh, by a SWAT team and then treated like a terrorist for a couple of days. And he's still under uh, persecution by his, by his government. So uh, please plan on joining us. There'll be no admission fees. There will be a collection made to support Pastor Art and his legal battle against his government. Once again, that's August 18th, Ignite Church in Milan. Make plans. I'm hoping a number of pastors will bring members of their congregations. This would have originally taken place at Pastor Thomas Church in Heartland. Our, oh, I forget, our Savior's, Derek? Yeah, it's our Savior Lutheran. Thank you, our Savior Lutheran Church in Heartland. He's had a lot of political activity there in the past, and he helped me interview uh, Pastor Arthur last time. And our church would have visited there, but then Pastor Thomas' broken leg precludes that, and he will be instead joining us at Ignite. Talk to your pastor about this. It'd be a great trip for your church. This is not to promote our church. This is to promote Pastor Arthur and his stand and to support him, to show support. Now, another warrior... My guest today is Neil Mammon. Round of applause for Neil Mammon, please. Thank you. Uh, Neil is an engineer, author, activist, promoter, and co-founder of Every Black Life Matters at everyblm.org. Neil puts together the Value Advocacy Council in San Jose, California. I subscribe to their Rumble channel for great presentations. I've grabbed some audio to play today so you can get an idea of what you are missing. Uh, you really should visit Rumble. He's been banned from YouTube, so you know it's good, right? So uh, once again, that's the Value Advocacy Council, Advocacy Council in San Jose, California. And uh, so once again, that's my guest today, uh, Neil Mammon. Hi, Neil. How you doing? And so it goes. Like I said, live without a net. I think Neil has muted himself and his camera just so that he knows because it looks like he is muted and I don't see him live. Well, Neil, when he joins us, is going to talk about settled science and a man named uh, Ignaz Semmelweis. So there is Neil. Hallelujah. <laughs> Technical difficulties. And so, hi, Neil, once again. So on Rumble, I heard you talking about an early proponent of medical hand washing, Ignaz Semmelweis. Tell us, this is so interesting. I heard this story a few years ago, and you brought it up. And I, this, is, this is perfect, a sign of the times, the settled science. Tell us about uh, Ignaz Semmelweis. Yeah, so, you know, I'm a scientist, and I don't know if your uh, viewers or listeners know, but I have a master's degree in solid-state physics and uh, a bunch of degrees in computer engineering and electronic engineering, electrical engineering, rather. Uh, so, so whenever somebody says it's settled science or whenever somebody says it's a scientific consensus I, consensus, I always laugh because there are so many examples of when science has gotten it wrong and so badly wrong and worse, they've gotten it so wrong that they've killed people, but the, the height of arrogance is that they haven't cared that they have killed people. And I think that's the, the, the lesson we should learn from Ignaz Semmelweis. So Ignaz Semmelweis was a doctor in charge of a hospital in Pest. Uh, in those days, Buda and Pest were two separate cities. They merged and became Budapest. 
little, <laughs> little trivia there. Uh, so he was a, a doctor in pest, and uh, he noticed that every morning um, they would find all these patients who had come in the days before, the nights before, dead uh, off a fever. Uh, it's a certain kind of fever. I can't pronounce the name. It's peripheral fever or something like that. And I'm doing this from memory here, so forgive me if I get a few of the details wrong. Um, I thought I'd heard once. I thought I'd heard once that they were primarily women who were giving childbirth. It was yeah, because it was really a maternity ward that he was working in. So they were coming in for childbirth, and they were coming in for things like that, and they were dying of this fever. So um, so he was wondering why they were doing that, and he started looking at what was going on, and he realized that the way it worked is. In the morning, the doctors would go down to the morgue and, and look at the women who had died the night before, and then they would go on to receive new patients. So some of I said, these patients are coming in without, new patients are coming in without any sort of fever, without any sort of complications, and suddenly they developed the same fever that these women who were in the morgue died of. He said, we must be transmitting something from the dead women to the live women. Now, when he said this, all the doctors laughed at him and they said, you're crazy. Are you trying to say there's something that we can't see? You know, this is the, the anti-supernatural view that, hey, are you saying there's something that we can't see, that our eyes can't see, that are magically going from these dead women to these live women? That's impossible. You're crazy. And he said, no, um, I think we should try. Since he was in charge of the operation, he said, I want you all to wash your hands. Uh, and so... They were they were forced to wash their hands, and the death rate went down from 16% to something like 3%. Well, then he said, and I'm going to go one step further. I don't want you to not wash your hands. I want you to wash your instruments with an astringent, right? And they did that, and the death rate almost vanished. It went down to like 0.01% or something like that. At this point, all the doctors in the uh, ward started to rebel against him. They called him superstitious. They called him a Jew. He wasn't Jewish, but they called him a Jew. He, was an honor he ends up being an honorary Jew because they said, you are taking what the Old Testament says that you should, you know, in the Old Testament, someone told Moses, someone, we know someone. who. <laughs> I know the guy, by the way. Uh, yeah, well, personally too, right? Yeah. Uh, 5,000 years ago that you should wash your hands after you touch a dead body and you should um, pour an, uh, a hyssop on them. Hyssop is an astringent. It's a well-known astringent on any uh, dead bodies. Any open container should be taken out and washed and cleaned and all that. And he goes through this whole ritual process. And so Semmelweis was accused of being a Jew and he was accused of being a superstitious Jew and they refused to do it and they actually plotted because they did not like him fighting it. They said it takes too long. It doesn't make sense. The consensus is that the fevers come from the night airs. Remember, the fevers come from the night airs, and the solution to the fevers is bloodletting, right, or something stupid like that. So they um, they then had him committed to a mental asylum. The everybody hated him. He was a uh, and um, the death rates came back with a vengeance. Women started dying left and right, and he was beaten up in the prison by, by, by the prison guard or the mental institution guards because they thought, oh, he's a madman, you, you know, and they basically were probably paid to beat him up. He got an infection, the very infection from things that didn't exist, and he died in that mental asylum. And so, um, 
that story didn't have a happy ending. I was hoping for he <laughs> no, was made a hero. Not, not the happy ending is this. A few years later, Louis Pasteur, uh, a Christian man, uh, proves that abiogenesis, that is life from non-life, is not possible. And at the same time, he proves the existence of something called bacteria. And him and Lister then go on to become very famous names. So. Lister famous Lister for having but, invented... Lister yeah. having invented Listerine, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, which was an antiseptic, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's the the origin of that. So, I mean, if you look at that lesson, and you realize that you cannot go around saying the consensus is. I mean, there's so many other. Uh, let me give you another consensus. If you ever, if you think that government is always your best friend, in the fifties, uh, there was fifties uh, or sixties. I don't remember the exact date. Um, there was a person, a scientist from the FDA and the CDC, who was blessed by them, who did a study on an island in Greece, um, no, island off the coast of Italy, and these people were living long lives, and he said, the dangerous thing to eat is sugar, no, so it's fat, and the good thing to eat is carbs, because... Okay. On the island, the people were doing quite well, and they seemed to have a very heavy carbohydrate diet. Well, that was then jumped on by the sugar industry. The sugar industry then decided that they would make fat the evil thing, and they started. And now we have this epidemic of cholesterol. We have the epidemic of diabetes, all because the food pyramid was wrong. And now we realize that what he his first of all his mistake, the scientist's mistake was basically that he went and studied the island on a year where their um, their their meat crop had failed, which was mainly lamb. And they actually normally had a very high diet of meat and fat. <laughs> and that year, they had been <laughs> switching to carbs, and they actually didn't Follow do well. the data. Follow yeah, the, so data, the data. Right? And then when he was fought against it, he, the FDA, the... Uh, the you know all these guys said no 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 and the sugar industry poured millions of dollars in to make fat the culprit and you ended sugar free they sugar free today we know that you don't get fat from fat there's very good healthy fats and there are bad fats and but you don't get fat from fat and carbs is what makes you fat it's not meat it's not protein it's not fat it's actually carbs and uh, in but look at the consensus and look how long and look at the government killing people left and right look at the heart disease that we have today you know it's funny i always get that i back when this whole obamacare thing was going on uh, somebody said well look at the, the the mortality rate in america is far worse than sweden who has you know universal health care or this state that has universal health care i said hang on hang on hang on and then they said it's equivalent to something like you know they picked a country like a third world country and said it's equivalent to this third world country i said hang on hang on what are people in the third world country dying of disease Starvation, war, right? That's a mortality rate. What are people in America dying of? Fat, yeah. heart disease, right? They're dying of the rich man's disease. They're dying because we're eating too well. So don't give me that we have bad health care. What we have is bad food practices because we're rich. It's not that we're equivalent to a poor country in our mortality rate because it, our mortality rate is due to eating too much and doing too well. Their mortality rate is because of disease and pestilence. So don't give me that comparison. Yeah, exactly. And actually, when you were talking about 50s and 60s, and I'm thinking of the shot that's posing as a vaccine and the science is settled about masks and about COVID, 
Uh, I was thinking of thalidomide, which was FDA approved. Yep. And did all that Absolutely. damage to, yep. to children born without arms and limbs because their mother took thalidomide, which is, you know, promoted, you know, as, as being just fine, just fine. But, yeah, you know, absolutely. when you were talking about uh, semovites, actually, when I heard you the other day on Rumble talking about semovites, a very famous uh, uh, scientist came to mind, and that would be uh, Theodoric of York, who was a medieval barber. <laughs> and at the time, barbers were engaged in bloodletting. And Theodoric was portrayed on Saturday Night Live in 1978 quite accurately. It was very, very, very interesting. And he was uh, uh, dealing with patients, and he had an inspired moment. And I'd like to play the inspired moment for you, okay? This is, this is following the science. <laughs> She's dead. Dead! I can't believe my little girl is dead! Now, Mrs. Miller, you're you're distraught. You're tired. You're you may be suffering from nervous exhaustion. May, maybe we'll just take some of your blood too. We'll just. You're Charlotte, and you've killed my children just like you killed the rest of my family. Why don't you admit it? You don't know what you're doing. Wait a minute. <laughs> Perhaps she's right. Perhaps I've been wrong to blindly follow the medical traditions and superstitions of the past centuries. Maybe we barbers should test those assumptions analytically through experimentation and a scientific method. Perhaps this scientific method could be extended to other fields of learning, the natural sciences, art, architecture, navigation. Perhaps I could lead the way to a new age, an age of rebirth, a renaissance. Nah. <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me of the reaction to Semmelweis. Not Semmelweis himself, but the reaction. Yeah. You know, like there was the data right in front of him. The deaths went down. The deaths went down. It's like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, you know? Proven, just proven. And it's all anecdotal. No, there's no studies that have proven it. Why? Who's done the study? Who would pay for the study? Not the big pharma. But So here's the question that, that I want people to ask themselves. And, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners do this. If, if you start thinking about when people start doing stupid things that are so obviously wrong, and then they spend millions of dollars or billions of dollars trying to tell you that it's right, right? You should not think maybe they're right. You should think, what are they out to achieve? What are they trying to gain, right? I mean, if somebody comes to your door and he promises you, hey, I can do all, the, I can sell you a bridge, I can do, the, you know, if the investment banker says, oh yeah, I just invest in this and you'll become rich, you know, if the, the televangelist says, give me a thousand dollars and God will give you 10, hundred thousand, you know, a thousand, million dollars and thousand fold, you should ask yourself, what? is he telling me this for and why is he any could he be lying and so when you hear things like oh yeah we have to open the borders but all those people with covid will come in oh you have to mask yourself oh you have to get the vaccine shot oh you have to get the delta shot and then you have to get the delta plus shot you have to ask yourself this doesn't make sense so who is gaining from it and if you think oh the government is full of angels <laughs> industries <laughs> full of wonderful kind-hearted people you are fooling yourself because listen 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 very carefully if you don't trust the man on the street you know the guy outside Safeway trying to sell you something 
<laughs> hey, I can get you. There's a good deal on these watches. This, you know, the guy in the parking lot. Oh, these speakers dropped off the truck, right? I'll yeah. get you a great deal. Um, if you realize that that guy might be shystering you, why don't you think big multi-billion-dollar corporations might be shystering you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reminded of Ronald Reagan. Hi, we're from the government. And we're here to help. The you most. Know? The most scariest words you've ever heard. Yeah. Hey, we have a call from Gary from Tucson, one of our, our far-flung listeners. Uh, uh, not far as, well, you're listening right now. You're in California, but Gary's almost as close, as almost as far as you are. Uh, Derek, would you put Gary on the phone, please? Hey, Unless, Ed, how you doing geez, today? Hey, Gary, welcome. Thank you. I have a great example of science getting it wrong. Uh, when they sent the Hubble telescope up there, um, the mirror was wrong because uh, the people who were doing the mirror used metric, and the people doing the rest of the machine, uh, the uh, telescope, were using standard uh, American foot and inches and stuff. So that cost NASA and us, the taxpayer, billions of dollars to send, uh, you know, Storm or Stormy or whatever his name was up there to fix it, you know. And uh, there you go. I mean, Lack of communication of what size you're going to make the thing. There you go. I've never seen that happen in a project I've worked on. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you still have a job. Yeah, I'm working in AutoCAD. Well, that just doesn't look the same size relative to the other parts there. <laughs> yeah, well, let's try multiplying it by 24.5 and see what happens. That's amazing. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for that story. And you're absolutely right. Uh, was there anything else you had to say? Hey, everybody, uh, get in the fight. Everybody knows we got to fight because it's getting worse every day. Do you see Corey yep. Booker? Oh, yeah, I'm changing the subject, but uh, not Booker, Corey up there. Uh, but I'm changing the subject, so you go ahead. Bye. <laughs> okay. I. Bye, Gary. I guess Gary was talking about the other Corey. Is her name Corey Bush, the one who said, I'm important. I deserve $200,000 worth of personal protection, but let's defund the police. You know, oh, I think yeah. he's talking about that Corey Bush. I, think, I mean, what a whack job. We got a lot of whack jobs like that in government. And that's exactly to your point. Those are the people in government. Alexandria Cortez is in government. Nancy Pelosi is in government. What's the guy, Hank? Guam will tip over. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the representative. Oh, yeah. You know, doesn't realize that, you know, islands don't float. They're actually the tip of mountains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Hank Johnson. Thank you, Hank Derek. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so a couple, I want to give you a couple other. Uh, Carl Sagan said that uh, if we explode uh, nuclear explosions, uh, we would uh, end up in a nuclear winter. As he said this in 1983, he says, if we keep exploding nuclear bombs, we'll end up in a nuclear winter. Uh, and they realized that, of course, that was absolute nonsense. Uh, it, you know, not that we should be exploding nuclear bombs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he was like convinced about it. So, I mean, and that was a consensus, of course. Hey, Sagan said that, you know, so there's lots of others. I have a whole list of these things where people, um, we're trying to show that uh, the science is settled, consensus is. But you have to understand, and this is something I told my friends. They said, you know, follow the science. And I, and I said, you have to understand that science doesn't say anything. Scientists do. 
And this from my friend, Frank Turek, he says that. So science can tell you, you know, yes, it's possible to take a heart from a healthy human being and put it into a sick human being to save their lives. But science cannot tell you whether it is moral to take a heart from a healthy human being and put it into a sick human being. You need morality, you need God, you need philosophy, you can't, you need ethics. You can't do that with science. So science can't tell, can't tell you really anything. It can only show you what can be done. Thanks, Neil. And Neil will be back with us shortly after the break. Uh, join us, folks. It's uh, your American heritage and the uh, Yankee air show overhead, if you're hearing that in the background. See you soon. to be courageous we were made to lead the way we could be the generation that finally breaks the chains we were made to be courageous we were made to be courageous we were warriors on the front lines standing unafraid hi folks Welcome back to Your American Heritage. And it is Your American Heritage. It's being taken from you. Or it's, there are attempts to take it from us. There are, you know, the Great Reset, everything else that's going on. Uh, the government coming against people, uh, using corporations to come against people, uh, people who can't visit. I mean, now my son cannot visit his biological dad in the hospital because, because COVID. And he's had the injection. You tell me where the science is on that. You know, we're being oppressed. I'd just like to remind you that uh, Pastor Arthur Pulowski, and I'd like to thank Neil Mammon. He hooked me up with Pastor Arthur. I couldn't get a hold of him while he was in the States. Funny, I could get a hold of him before, uh, but he gave me the contact information for uh, Pastor Arthur. And he'll be speaking live at Ignite Church in Milan, Michigan on August 18th. I'll give more details on that next week, but you can put it on your calendars. I'm sure it'll be seven o'clock Wednesday, August 18th at Ignite Church in Milan. You can Google that. I know you know how to do that and uh, Google map it, Waze it or whatever you use. Please plan on joining us. Once I said, uh, no admission fees. There will be a collection made to support Pastor Art in his legal battle against his government and help defray some of the costs of bringing him in. And then, um, Please, please join us and talk to your pastor about getting your church to join us. And uh, we'd be happy to welcome you. We may even have, who knows, we might have donuts and coffee there. You never know. It's Christian church. There's usually food involved when Christians get together. Is that right, Neil? Yep. That's okay. fun food and fellowship. You know what? I just want to say, uh, try to get your pastor to go because uh, Paul, Arthur Parlowski is the kind of pastor we need leading. We need um, you know, sheepdogs, not sheep leading our sheep. We, he is an amazing speaker, he's an amazing speaker. And when you listen to him, you will be inspired to join the fight, to join the battle because he has joined. I mean, you know, it's one thing for us as Americans to say, because we do have, you know, we do have the concept of inalienable rights, but in Britain, they don't have a, con I mean, Britain, sorry, Canada, same thing, you know, Queen of England. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have the concept of inalienable rights the way we do. For them, the government that gives them rights. And so when he fights the government, he's fighting. I mean, it's real. 
you know, they want to put him in jail for four years for having a church service. You know, here's the funny thing. Here in America, we have the attitude that that's not going to happen. And as long as we fight for it, it won't happen. But in uh, in other countries, that's not the case. And, and let me give an example. For instance, a few uh, months ago, because uh, our pastor is three and a half million dollars worth of fines against our church because we refuse to close. So one of the and this is the Santa Clara County, Santa Clara County said that they were going to uh, look for fines against him personally and maybe even imprisonment for him. So I immediately floated that around and we call it a press conference. <laughs> and we had a huge press conference on the on, on the front. Jim Doman of Church United, a wonderful man. He called everybody, called the news media, had a conference right on the stairs of the courthouse. And the judge heard about it. And so when the pastor went into the courthouse, the first thing the judge said is, who said I was going to put you in jail? Because that's not going to happen. You know why? Because he doesn't want to be that guy, that judge that is the first judge to put a person in prison in America. I mean, in modern times, I know it happened in the old days, for preaching uh, in a church, right? He's not going to do that. But guess what, folks? If they beat us down, that will happen. And so when you you want to see what Arthur Pawlowski talks about, he's talking about being in the in the jaws of the beast. He's actually right there and he's fighting back. We need to be there for him. And your pastor needs to take a page from his book. Thank you. And, you know, when, when we talk about, for instance, uh, my friend uh, Dave, Dave Coleman of uh, Salt and Light Global and Coleman Legal Group, he took our governess to court, federal court last year about the restrictions on church attendance. And she folded like a cheap suit. She didn't even go to court. She just changed her mind. And that's all she has to do is change her mind. It's not a law. It's just her mind. And then that law was found unconstitutional that she was, you know, uh, working under. But what bothers me is that we say we have constitutional protections. And right now, if you are a, and I know some, if you are a landowner and uh, they don't like to call themselves landlords because they don't like to lord it over, they are a rental occupancy provider. And if you are a rental occupancy provider and you need to evict somebody who refuses to pay, the Supreme Court said enough of this nonsense. The Supreme Court just a couple of days ago said enough of this nonsense. The CDC does not get to dictate that people do not have to pay their rent. And the next day, the CDC said, oh, yes, we do. And the Biden administration is still saying that there is a, a rent moratorium. So people are having to pay the bank mortgages on the property they own so that they can rent it to somebody else so that they have a place to stay economically. They're they're being forced to default on loans and then their property gets gobbled up. It's 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 really bad. But well, there's I mean, a, there's oh go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, cuz I mean think about it. So here's another example of saying if you look at something that absolutely makes no sense why would anyone say, okay, landlords should not be able to charge rent because of COVID, right? I mean, think about the, the logic behind this. Don't landlords have to fix up the property? Don't landlords have mortgages? Don't like, if, if, you, think, if you just think about the logic about it, you say, it makes no sense that anybody would say landlords would not, have, would not be able to collect rent. It makes absolutely no sense. Now, I understand that people are in dire straits and all that, but the solution is not to bankrupt the landlords. But tell you, let me tell you why they want, but so then you go, what is the underlying reason? Why would they want to bankrupt landlords? Well, if you look around, all these billionaires and trillionaires or future trillionaires are buying up properties. 
So think mm -hmm. about what the best way to get those properties, right, is to make sure that there is this crisis and you can buy a property. Because the goal here, folks, the goal you have to understand, the goal here is to make every one of us dependent on the state. Because right. this is the goal of socialism and democratic socialism and communism, is we should all be dependent on the state. The state will print money and give us a paycheck. And guess what? We will be like Venezuela, folks. We will be like Venezuela. Don't stand for it. You have the power to get these guys out of office locally, everywhere, and you need to stack a stand. If you're on a county government, and by the way, just so you know, we are recalling our county supervisors in Santa Clara County. We're recalling all five of them, uh, Republican, Democrat, all five of them, because none of them stood up to the tyranny of the governor, and all of them went in line. In fact, they made things worse. So you guys can do that too. You can recall people that need to be recalled, and your local county can start making problems and saying, you know what? I, on a local basis, are, I'm not going to allow federal courts to dictate that somebody cannot pay rent. So I want to play a, a clip from Alan Stevo, who was on one of your recent uh, Rumble. Uh, man, this guy, I'd like to play the whole half hour <laughs> he spoke. I mean, folks, you got to have him on your guy. show. I'll, I'll connect you. You can have him on your oh, show. Do that, please. Okay. Yeah, but this is a clip. This is really good. Throughout history, there's been a large group of people, sheep-like people. They're just out there looking for a leader. They're just trying to figure out who to follow. They go through life a little bit scared. And they do some stupid stuff, stuff sometimes in search of a good leader, like we've all done. They aren't the problem either. They aren't the variable. Sheep have existed throughout all periods of history. I'd like to ask you to quit obsessing over them. The variable that determines whether times are good or bad, whether times are prosperous or impoverished, free or tyrannical, the variable has never been the hyena. It's never been the sheep. The variable has always been the lion. Is the lion awake and in charge of his domain? Or is the lion asleep? Is the righteous man steel-spined? Or is he hunched over? Is the woman of virtue firm about her immovable values? Or is she merely a woman of preferences waiting to hear the right excuse to let evil into her life? I stand here before you, begging you to quit paying attention to the Fauci's. Quit paying attention to the Newsoms. Quit paying attention to the goofy people. Quit paying attention to the sheep. Pay attention to you. Pay attention to your own. Pay attention to the other sleeping lions around you and rouse them. You know, I'm, I'm often reminded of- Because all oh. this moment needs is for you to stand up. I often do that with my wife when she takes a pause in conversation, I start to talk and it's like, I wasn't done yet. And yeah, I'm sorry. So anyways, I didn't mean to walk on Al. He, he had something to say earlier in that presentation also about if you will wear the mask, then you're just waiting for 
a reason to take the injection. If you're, you have to figure out what you're going to do ahead of time so that you'll know what you're going to do when the time comes. Uh, as a long, and I'm going to get to Joe from Wyandotte in a minute, but I posted something on, on uh, my blog recently, and um, basically it was a few words it says uh, and I got chided for it by a good friend of mine uh, who warned me I might be in trouble so I had to put a little disclaimer at the bottom and I put in quotes I am an insurrectionist because I was thinking of all the people who have been illegally detained in Washington DC and I I stand with them I stand with them and I was reminded of this this movie by command of his most merciful excellency your lives are to be spared. Slaves you were, and slaves you remain. But the terrible penalty of crucifixion has been set aside on the single condition that you identify the body or the living person of the slave called Spartacus. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I think it was Ben Franklin who said, We either hang together or we hang alone. And we need to prevent we need to provide a common front when it comes to corporations telling us that we have to get the injection to maintain our our uh, our work our employment we need to we need to stand up and, and in some cases it's going to cost uh, once again i want to remind you of uh, united healthcare workers uh, com where healthcare workers are are encouraged to sign up uh, as a united front uh, we have on the phone with us joe from Livonia, uh, Joe from <laughs> Joe from Wyandotte. That Joe, Joe, what do you know? Hello, my brothers. How are you? I just wanted to say about the settled science thing. Insofar as masks and COVID, which is really just a strain of coronavirus, the science indeed kind of was settled decades ago, and you can find medical journals from decades ago that demonstrate the masks, including an N95, is worthless, worthless against the coronavirus, the COVIDs, because of the particulate size, and that's why an N95 is called N95. It only protects against 95% of things, and coronavirus slash COVID, Wuhan virus, is in that 5% it doesn't cover. And as far as the shots, these are flu shots. These are not vaccines, as you've mentioned. They do not inoculate you and make you immune like a real vaccine would. And it's just more continued twisting of language. They know they're not a true vaccine. Now, the science has already quickly changed and proven that fact. But if you share any of the information that I just talked about or you've been talking about on fascist book or via Google or whatever, they will label you 
as misinformation and pull it, even though it is all clearly documented, especially with the masks. Decades ago, it was documented, and that hasn't changed. The CDC admitted that last year. Joe, hold on a second. Neil, tell us about your friend Armoni. And then take yourself off mute. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Armani, I met Armani about two years ago. His mom came up and said, uh, you know, my son needs someone to disciple him. And I said, is he willing to meet? And she said, yes. So he he was willing and I met with him. uh, I I would meet with him every week and we went. So I teach something called apologetics, which is basically the historical, scientific, philosophical, uh, um, archaeological, logical uh, defense of Christianity and proving, basically proving Christianity is true. And I did a whole number of things. Like I started by proving that blind faith is bad. Uh, and then I proved that God exists using science. And then I proved that the Bible is accurate and what we have today is what they wrote 2,000 years ago. And then I proved um, that Jesus really existed, was a real person and physically died and physically rose from the dead. I, and when I say prove, I said give the most reason, like say, ex, uh, explanation for those that it's true. So as a result of all this, Armani uh, started walking with the Lord. He became a Christian. He got baptized last year, uh, and he was very active with us with EBLM, you know, the, our, our movement, Every Black Life Matters, which is the alternative, the biblical alternative to BLM. And he was, uh, you know, do, very active with the VAC, which is another organization I read, uh, lead, which is where you got, where Ed got his videos from. If you go to VAC.org, you'll see it. So um, he'd been looking for a job and he'd been working at these you know, little odd jobs here and there. And he finally got a great job at uh, a company up in um, Mountain View area. Well, they wanted him to take the, the vaccine. <laughs> There's the thunder. <laughs> yeah, I got a mute when, uh, give me a second. Yeah. So they wanted him to take the vaccine. And uh, we had talked about why the vaccine, nobody should take the vaccine and how it, you know, there are consequences and all that and why he didn't need to take the vaccine at 27 round. But as far as we understand, his work was pressurizing him to take it. And so he really wanted the job and he got the vaccine. And he, we think he got the vaccine somewhere after the 23rd, because we know on the 23rd, he told his company he did not have the vaccine. He started work for them on the 28th. So somewhere between the 23rd and the 28th of June, he got the vaccine. On July 7th, Sorry, July 5th, he had a bloody nose and he had to stay home from work because his nose wouldn't stop bleeding. On July 7th, his mom noticed that he'd been in the bathroom a long time, walked into the, tried, knocked on the door, no answer, kept knocking, unlocked the door, and he was dead on the floor. Or she tried to give him CPR, but pretty much dead on the floor. Um, And 27-year-old, almost zero chance of dying from COVID. And yet the vaccine killed him. That's that's horrendous. And that's that's that in its sense is anecdotal. Data is a collection of anecdotes. And we we hear this so many times thrombos. Well, actually, this the uh, VA, the VA uh, came out with a study I referred to last week or the week before, or both, uh, telling about all the numbers of people that are have um, in the VA system who have gotten heart attacks. Uh, coronary thrombosis, I think is the term. Another one, they, actually, that was separate. And then there was uh, heart ailments was separate from the heart attacks. 
bleeding, as you described. It's absolutely horrendous. And, you know, then you've got people, oh, Pastor Rick, uh, my co-host on Moment of Clarity after this, my friend, he got the shot so that he could go visit a friend of his in the hospital. And now his heart starts beating and racing and there's a condition for it. Uh, uh, it's, it's named. And it only happened after he got the shot. This is hurting people. It may hurt people. I don't want it to hurt people. I pray right now that people would be protected from the results of having taken this. And I'm not trying to make people feel bad who have taken it either. But please, folks, if you can avoid taking this thing, by all means, uh, it's like putting a, a revolver to your head and spinning the channel, spinning the chamber and wondering if there's a bullet under the hammer. It's, it's, it's bad news. So, well, you um, keep mentioning yeah, anecdotal. Well, oh, you know what? There aren't hey, a, a billion anecdotal stories about all the other vaccines and, and flu shots and whatnot. Any shot is going to give some side effects. But when so many people know so many other people or they themselves, like I had side effects from the J&J jab, which in retrospect I wouldn't have gotten now had it not been for wanting to protect my mother, as we've previously discussed. You know, all these things add up. All these stories can't, can't be true. The anecdotal will be proven true. It's absolutely going to happen. And Neil mentioned following blindly. Maybe you'll know what movie this is. There's a movie coming out. I saw the preview, and the one woman character says to her daughter or whatever, when you follow blindly, or she says, you follow blindly. And in the end, when you follow blindly, all you are is blind. Everything yeah. Thanks, requires Joe. We only got a couple minutes left. We got Walter on the phone. Knowledge. I'd like to give him a shot. At Thanks, Joe. Talk to you later. And by the way, along these lines, uh, before we bring Walter on, we got two minutes left. Uh, a friend of mine made, made mention of the fact that a guy named Eric Hoffer's take on Newton's law of matter suggested talking with certain people is a waste of time. He has a book, True Believing, which is really in his mind, blind faith. And he says, true believing and logic cannot occupy the same mind at the same time. That's his take on, on uh, Newton's law of matter. So uh, let's talk to Walter and make it real brief. Wish you had two hours, Ed. I wish you had two hours, yeah. but I'm gonna get to my point real quick, brother. Uh, shout out to your guest there. You guys are great, man. Uh, remember, I'm going to put a shout out to the coward pastors across America. And you and I know some of them made locally who refuse to endorse Donald Trump at their churches because they've been hiding, claiming, hiding behind the 501C, claiming that they know the Lord. They had great faith. They preach sermons on faith and everything else. But they, but this virus, the shutdowns really tested their faith. Some of them came up empty. I'm going to tell you something who got away with uh, breaking the 501C for years and still do it. Black churches. That's right. I said it. Black churches have been mm -hmm. doing it for years. They've been bringing, they brought Barack and Sane Osama in their church. They brought Hillary, 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 the Hillary in their church, and all those past dirty Democrat uh, politicians, and they got away with it. So, yeah, the Democrat Party protects black churches. They go after white churches. And you hear, it's got to be true because you're hearing it from a black guy. So, um, Oh, man, I want to well, say thanks, Walter. I, go. I wish I could give you uh, as much time as Bob Duco gave you yesterday. <laughs> Hello, Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah. All right. I'll see you, Walter. Thanks. Bye. 
Yeah, we got about a minute and 30 left. And I just wanted to give uh, the last closing minutes to my guest, Neil Mauman, who uh, values advocacy is going to be promoting next week, uh, fatherhood in crisis. Is that right, Neil? That's correct, yeah. So it's basically, you can, uh, if you go to vac.org, you can register for it, vac.org, you can live stream it. But basically it's talking about the great uh, corruption that is in the divorce industry that is actually uh, also a plan to reduce fatherlessness. Fatherlessness in America is up to something like 24, 28% when it was down like 6% back in the 60s. Uh, the states are incentivized to take CPS money, to take kids away from their parents, to separate fathers from their kids. Okay, well, thanks. Um, darn, we, that went fast. You know, <laughs> that went really fast. The music's coming up in a few seconds. And Neil, God bless you. Thanks for all you do. And thanks for your help with getting Pastor Arthur. Thank God you. bless you. And I'll talk to you later. Appreciate it, brother.